BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome back, my friends. June 3rd through the 5th, we'll be crossing over with Hide and Seek Archives podcast to bring you a series of shows based on observations and evidence collected during that weekend's investigation of Huron Manistee National Forest, smack dab in the middle of Michigan. July 30th, I'll again be supporting the show at this year's Michigan Bigfoot Conference in Chelsea, Michigan, and then I'll be hosting my own conference, Bigfoot and Brews, on September 10th in the Sister Lakes region of Dwajak, Michigan. The setting for the event will be the Sister Lakes Brewing Company. This will be in recognition of the Dewey Lakes Monster Sighting of 1964. Head over to BigfootAndBrews.com for all the available info. Tickets are on sale now. In the ticket section, you'll find options for vendors' applications and even a sponsor's option. If you're able and you'd like to help support this event financially, you can do it there or you can email me directly at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on Apple and iTunes, and make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Uncomfortable Podcast. Now, let's get into tonight's show. Doing that, I was face-to-face with it. It was holding me by my throat. And it felt like it was sucking something out of me. I probably should have been more scared than I was when I witnessed the exorcism. I turned and looked on my right side. When I did, there's there's a beam on the side of the tree, a large beam. It's looking at me and I'm looking at it. After I hit the lock button and looked back up, I saw red eyes staring back at me. That they're going to show multiple gods all over the earth, be able to speak in people's languages. And at that point, it kind of converge into this one entity, which will be revealed as extraterrestrial. You'll realize that aliens are the gods of old. And at that point, it'll like religion out of the context of humanity. No, it couldn't have been a person. I know that. I know that people can't run through the woods like that. So this thing comes into view, and I see it. It's 50 yards away from me. It's walking, 
It's walking on two legs. It's huge. This is a big, hairy looking being. said in the introduction there it was pretty crazy that weekend it was indeed uh, they released numbers just a couple of nights ago and i believe there were 5,000 people through there oh wow I, yeah that right. sounds about right <laughs> which is a lot of people man and and oh, my, yeah. my vocal cords were uh, paying the price because by the end of saturday night um Thank God we had a bottle of whiskey because I don't think anything else would have kept my vocal cords working. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could imagine. My I voice could imagine. Was trashed. Yeah, I could imagine. What uh, what kind of stuff you have going on? All right. Well, let me take kind of back to the beginning. Absolutely. Um, younger growing up where I grew up, I, you know, never really experienced anything or had anything happen. Um, probably teenage years, I had an interest in Bigfoot, but in the late eighties and nineties, there wasn't much out there. Like, you know, you had the books. Mm -hmm. And so I would always, you know, go to the library and I would get books on Bigfoot. So as, that kind of like, as have we all. Yeah. So it kind of like piqued my interest. Um, fast forward several years and, um, I come home from the military and, uh, my mom is like, Hey, uh, they're doing paranormal investigations, uh, down at the Chesapeake community center. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I go down and I sign up and do an investigation. And this was literally my first like paranormal investigation ever. Can we say what state? What state was this in? Oh, it's in a south south uh, southern Ohio. Okay. Um, and uh, was doing the investigation snapping pictures, you know, all this happy stuff and, uh, go about the night. It ends 
So a few days later, I'm going through my pictures, and I come across one that is on the main floor, and it's facing down a hallway. And in this picture, there's an outline of a man. Oh wow! And you can like you can literally see like he, it looks like he has on a jacket with like a hood on underneath of it. Cause the hood's like up on his head. So you know how like you can kind of see like the, sure. Yeah. I guess the top of the hood, how it kind of like points. Uh-huh. So that was kind of like my first real hard evidence. Now, do you still have that picture? I do. Can you provide it for me? Can I post it when we air this episode? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I'll, um, yeah, I keep it actually. I keep it in a folder. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I mean, it's like my pride and joy, really, kind of like one of my kids, you know. Yeah. Um, and so that kind of like that hooked me. Um, then uh, probably two or three months later, I go back again, and this time I am on the second floor. This is like a, it's an old two-story school that at one point was a military barracks. It was the elementary, the middle, and the high school. Mm -hmm. Um, Lots of history. And um, I was sitting on the floor with another investigator, and we were talking to one of the children that had passed away on the property and uh, all of a sudden her and I start hearing music box. Like, you know, the jewelry box is like, yeah. yeah. So we hear this music box playing and it's like super creepy. And I'm like, what in the world? And I'm like, you know, do you hear that? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, we're like, we're both flabbergasted at this point. And I remember asking her, I'm like, now, are we sure that there's not like anything up here that would, that would have that type of music? And, um, so we kind of looked around a little bit just to make sure, cause I mean, that's what any good investigator would do, I guess. Sure. And there was nothing like that. Got to try to no radios, no nothing. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Let me ask. uh, Timeline. Your what year is this that you're you're doing these investigations? uh, This is twenty two thousand, probably two thousand eight. 2009. So what kind of equipment, if you don't mind me asking, what kind of equipment are you guys going in there with? Okay. I had, um, at that time I had, uh, just a regular digital camera. Um, I had, um, a night vision camera with a little, um, IR light. Um, I had a spirit box SB seven and, um, a little digital voice recorder. Gotcha. 
So you were you were fairly well prepared. Oh yeah, I felt like I was because I mean, I had kind of been doing some research and stuff, you know, before then. Mm-hmm. I kind of always had a an interest in you know the paranormal and yeah. cryptids. So, and it it was really it was just it was just so like wow, you know, this really there really is something there. So were you guys alone in there? Did you have other members of a team in another area? I mean, you say you got up and you looked around, you know, trying to debunk the the mm-hmm. source of the sound as being a hoax, but uh, and weren't able to. Were there other people in that facility that, you know, potentially it could have been somebody else? Or were you far enough away where that would not have been a probability? We were far enough away that that wouldn't have been a probability um, it was a public ghost hunt that night. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the people were either on the main floor or in the basement gotcha. um, of the building. And there, you know, there's, there's quite a bit of separation there. So, from that point, where do we move to? Uh, from there, uh, probably, oh, probably another month or so goes by. And uh, I'm like, all right, so I go back. Um, and during uh, during the initial tour of all of our all of the public ghost hunts there, everyone goes through and they're like, all right, you know, this is kind of the activity that we've had in these areas. Um, you know, this is what people have experienced. This is some of our evidence, Mm -hmm. you know, let's break up into groups, you know, try not to trample on anyone else, you know? And, um, one of the experiences was one of the other, uh, founding team members, a very large man. Uh, by large, I mean like six four, three fifty. Very, very large man. A like good, you would good size. Yeah, boy. <laughs> yeah. And one of the things that happened to him was he was in the girls' locker room and provoking, which I don't. Personally, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend anybody do Mm -hmm. uh, as I'll get into, but he was shoved so violently. He hit the lockers behind him. And that, that's like, that is a very large man to have to move. Right. Yeah. And whatever this was, was just able to move him like it was nothing. Did you, so, did you guys happen to, um, did you guys happen to capture that in any way? Oh, we did. Unfortunately. Okay. Unfortunately, this is just kind of like <laughs> one of those things. Um, sure. so me and a couple other investigators, we take a group of people down to the boys locker room. And one of the 
individuals that supposedly haunt this location uh, was a very bad man. Um, very abusive and, you know, was a bully, overall bully. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just one of those people where I don't, you're, there's no no sense in being a bully. That's just not how life should go. Right. So I start in on him and I'm like, you know, dude, you're a coward. You know, you are a coward. You picked on people that were weak and smaller. I was like, come pick on me. I was like, you can't do anything to anyone, anyone else here. I said, you, but you can come touch me. I was like, because I don't believe in you. I think you're a coward, and I think you should basically go to hell. Boy, do I regret saying that. <laughs> I had a feeling because, you were going to say that. Huh? I had a feeling you were going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. So we leave, nothing else happens down there. And uh, so we go up to the second floor. And we're on one end of the big hallway and we're just kind of sitting, you know, doing EVP sessions and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And one of the females in our group is like, I see somebody at the end of the hallway. And I'm like, oh, it's probably nothing, you know, at first. And go over options. And then her and another uh, individual in the group we really see someone at the end of the hallway. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll watch down there. If I see movement, then I'll, you know, we'll check it out. Right. So that's when I notice, um, an arm, uh, come up and kind of reach over the top of your head, like kind of stretching, you know? Yeah. And it was all black, and I was like, huh. I was like, somebody's at the end of the hallway. I was like, let me go down there, see who it is. Maybe they want to join our group. Maybe, you know, they're – because no one's supposed to be alone. You know, just a safety rule. Sure, of course. So I go down, and um, as I'm walking down the hallway, I keep getting closer to this – what I thought was a person and I get probably, I don't know, 15 feet away, maybe 20. I'm not really sure. Cause it, I mean, it scared the pants off of me. Uh, and I look and I have a flashlight and it's on and there's light coming in from the outside of this massive window in towards me and I look and just below the window is a man sitting and as he's sitting there I'm watching and I'm looking at him and I'm like am I really seeing what I'm seeing right now Yeah. like I could see the brick in behind him like he was solid, but he was see-through as well. Okay. 
So translucent. Yeah, yeah. You can see and the outside image of him, the, the outline and everything, but you can still see through him to some degree. Oh, yeah. And I was like, holy cow. I was like, this, like, I can't believe I'm seeing what I'm seeing. Can you, can like, you give a description of the guy? Uh, I would say, I, he's the guy that I took the picture of. I would say probably six foot, you know, probably right around 250 or so. Um, just from guesstimates, he seemed very, fairly in shape, but he was still very tall. Yeah. If he would have stood up, he would have been, you know, he would have been far taller than I was. And, uh, when I got close to him, it was almost like there was this, no other word explainable, like energy, like an invisible force field, if you will, where you walk up to it, you don't feel anything. And then all of a sudden it's like you hit this invisible wall that says you're close enough. Stop. Mm. If you come any closer, I will make your life a nightmare. Just stop. Wow. I am showing you who I am because you were basically picking at me. Now I'm here. Do something. Now, you know, granted, you were, you were provoking. Oh, yeah. And <clears throat> do you... Do you honestly think that it was producing that feeling to to let you know if you if you continued it was going to kick your ass, or do you think that what you were experiencing was a, a level of energy that it takes for them to manifest itself, and that's just simply how the human body reacts to being in that uh, um, in that charge? Honestly, I've never fully thought about that. Um, is it possible that that was just my body's reaction to that level of energy? Yeah. Because let's face it. I mean, in order to physically manifest, that takes a lot of energy. Well, that's what we're told. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, you can watch any one, any number of these shows where they use flashlights to, you know, they get them to the point where they're just easily manipulated so that they flash on and flash off. Um, every once in a while, you'll see a ball that gets pushed and rolled across the, um, a floor or you'll have a door that is uh, swung open or closed. And, you know, I mean, we don't know for sure, but obviously in order to, affect something's movement, you have to exert an amount of energy to do that. So you would assume mm -hmm. that on, on their plane that they have to do the same as well. Um, oh yeah. I just, I just wonder, you know, you put yourself in a position, you're in there, you're provoking, you're at a heightened sense of, um, alert because mm -hmm. you're looking for something that should not be a, in existence. And, you know, I think, I think sometimes it's easy to get in your own head and I'm not saying that you didn't experience what you experienced, but I guess what I'm getting at is, um, 
the, the difference between was that feeling that you had a culmination of all the things that I just said, or was it because of the amount of energy that was being put off by the manifestation of this, this body, you know, in order for it to witness. And I'm not, I guess it's a rhetorical question. I'm not really asking you because you know, none of us know, but I was just curious if you, if you really felt that you were, um, it was his intent to threaten you or was it just a culmination of, of all the things that were going on? I, so when I was there, like I did feel like the intent was that, you know, I could hurt you, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, it almost was one of those, here I am. You said you didn't believe in that. You didn't think that I was there and that all this and that. So here I am. Now you know. And it like, whether or not that was a combination of, like you had said earlier, of a lot of different aspects of my heightened sense of, awareness and you know all these other heightened senses Mm -hmm. is it possible that i manifested that myself as kind of like an outward thing that's possible i've never knew that i could do something like that (laughs) um and again you know i don't think there's any right or wrong answer i I was just curious curious as to your your thoughts on it yeah, I just, it just was like, it was, it just kind of blew my mind that like, holy cow, you know, this, this, this is, this is really real. This is, <laughs> you know, there's no going all, oh, well, maybe that was somebody in, you know, a black cloak yeah. that ran up to the camera and ran away real quick or, you know, like, like one of my favorite episodes of ghost hunters. Yeah. 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 I see. Yeah. And it just, there, there's so many what ifs when you're watching it on TV as to, is this really real? Right. But when you are there and you see it for yourself, it just is like, holy cow. Like, wow. Was there any, this is real. Was there any illumination on that figure? I mean, other any, than any my ambient light or a flashlight or anything that, I mean, other with, than my flashlight, no. So when you, I assume you you probably took your flashlight and and pointed it directly at the, oh, the yeah. figure. Um, what was what was the reaction of the light when you did that? Did it seem to kind of uh, dissipate and penetrate into it, or did it reflect off of it, or can you remember? It's pretty it, pretty specific question, I guess. So, oh uh, yeah. So basically, the outs the outline of the figure um, trapped the light. You know, the outside outside from that, you know, the brick wall behind it, mm-hmm. and outside of that reflected the light back. Uh, but the figure itself, the outline, absorbed the light. 
than like the misty inside kind of allowed the light to penetrate, but also kind of absorb some of it. Gotcha. Yeah. Interesting. And I guess, you know, to be honest with you, that's, um, that's what I would expect. mm -hmm. You know, I mean, (laughs) you just put yourself in a position where you're trying to, you know, answer questions. What if that, that makes sense to me. Oh yeah. It just, it was, it was so just like unbelievable, but at the same time, exciting and exhilarating, you know, cause I mean, here's this small town boy that, (laughs) you know, really hasn't ever had anything like that happen. All of a sudden, you know, Hey, here you go. Now you're in the club. Okay, so I guess my next question is you've 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 gone through the provoking process, you've you've got this thing pissed off, it shows itself to you, and then what happens? Are you are you uh I mean, does it dissipate? Does it just go away? Does it disappear in an instant? Um, is there is there any kind of interaction? Does it is it waiting for you to be like, Okay, let's see, let's see, you know, you're a tough guy. You wanted me to show, here I am, what are you gonna do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I'm actually actually was kicking myself in the in the butt after it all happened that I didn't take my camera with me. Um, but I after I was in awe and amazement of this thing, I turned my back and started to walk back towards the group, and I had gotten probably two to three steps away when the girls that were back in the group were saying it's gone. So I turn around and it was, it's gone. Like it was never even there. So you had other people there that corroborated seeing this as well. Oh, absolutely. Uh And when they said it was gone and I, I, I looked, it was gone. So I, instinctively the the investigator kicked in in me and i go running back down to where it was at looking all around looking down the stairwell into the main floor and i'm like where in the world could this thing have gone right and it just there and gone there long enough for me to see it and then it was like all right i accomplished what i wanted see you later do you have a frame of reference? How long do you think the, the sighting of it lasted? It felt like it lasted probably 30 to 45 minutes we went in it, but it probably only lasted maybe in reality. It probably only lasted maybe two, three minutes. Oh, wow. Tops. That's still a pretty substantial amount of time. Yeah. Did you, did you speak to it? Did you, or were you just kind of in awe? I was in awe at the moment. It just like, I, it was almost like I just lost myself. Like I lost all thought and could like, just couldn't speak. I was just like, oh my gosh. You know, it's like. It's like seeing something for the first time and you're like, holy cow. It just takes your breath. Like it, you just can't 
there's no words. Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine. It was just it, it was it was amazing. It was a really it was an amazing experience. Um, would I do it again? Probably, but I wouldn't provoke to get the attention. Yeah, I don't know that provoking is a. Yeah, uh, provoking. I personally, you know, after that experience, I would not recommend unless you are like really looking for some sort of action or trouble. Yeah. I personally wouldn't recommend doing it. Well, if there's any truth to the hitchhiker effect, you know, if these things do have a tendency at times to, um, attach themselves to you or any investigator and, you know, you can take it back to your house or you can, um, you know, start, oh, yeah, start living with some kind of a depression from it. Um, you know, the thing that gets me about watching these shows is the, um, in the past few years, the almost total domination of it's a portal to hell. It's, a demon it's a demon house you know there's so many of these shows play on the 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 complete hype of every entity that they go investigate is a negative entity and it's a demon or or something mm-hmm. you know hell spawn um and you know people are people you're gonna have good people you're gonna have bad people and i would assume that when you die if you haven't gone into the light uh, wherever that may be, um, you probably carry on traits of what you were like as a human as well. So there are probably some pretty crotchety ghosts out there. Um, oh, absolutely. Did you, did you ever experience any, um, after effects from that? No, I did not. I I was quite thankful for that. Honestly, um, that there was nothing residual and, that's actually kind of when I met my wife, um, I told her what I was interested in and she was like, Oh, well that's cool. You know, this is kind of what's happened to me, you know? Mm -hmm. And she said, now you're not doing that anymore. Right. And I'm like, well, you know, I moved up here, you know, there's a lot of haunted locations here. I'd like to kind of go and and she's like, no, (laughs) <laughs> Let me stop you there. No, no, you're not. Doing because that. I don't want you to bring anything home. And I'm like, you know what? I get it. Understood. I'm done. So that's kind of, you know, <laughs> unfortunately I haven't been anything else other than watching the paranormal shows. And it actually was uh, funny how earlier you were talking about, you know, the, the shows that play on the demonic and mm-hmm. evil. Yeah. Here's one for you. Go back to, go back to the earlier seasons of ghost adventures. Mm-hmm. Look at Zach and Aaron. Look how full of like, and bright they were yeah. and full of like life. Yep. They don't and look, like they how don't happy so they were. They don't look so good, yeah. now, do they? Yeah. 
you fast forward to these more recent episodes and holy, like you can see, like they've gotten, in my honest opinion, they have gotten very, very dark. Yeah. What that is, I do not know. I don't want to know, but it it is something I've noticed. There's definitely a change in, um, Zach. Yep. Um, you know, with, um, Jesus, I just had his name. Um, the Aaron or Nick Aaron, he, uh, you know, he, to me, when he lost all his weight, you know, seven, eight years ago, um, Mm -hmm. he always kind of looked not quite as healthy to me because he had dropped so much weight and he was skinny. I mean, good for mm-hmm. him because I wish I could do that. But um, yeah, so I, I, I never, I never really looked at him as um, looking like he was affected in a negative manner because he he still seems to have his sense of humor and everything. Um, but Zach, Zach has gone kind of off the deep edge, you know. And I mean, he was a he was a pretty virile guy. I mean, he was he was pretty buff at the uh, beginning of those first couple of oh, seasons. Yeah. And yeah. he, you know, he's always got a jacket on. Now you don't ever see his, uh, his torso or his arms. And mm-hmm. he just looks, he looks sickly to me, you know, and I've always, I've often wondered, you know, is he dealing with something <clears throat> health wise, you know, whether it's from or not from, uh, these kind of investigations, but you know, well, I mean, I understand that these shows are produced, they have people on site that are in charge of taking something that may be nothing or nominal and, and making it seem like it is something fantastical. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's not to say that I'm not saying that they manufacture their evidence, but I am saying that producers have a tendency to exaggerate um the perception of what's going on or what happened or their reactions. And, oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, you know, he does the, the haunted, uh, haunted museum as well. And, you know, if there's any truth to haunted objects and I've, I've had a couple of conversations with people that I know and I trust, um, that have been around some and, Apparently there is some truth to it. So, you know, I would assume if you, if you surround yourself with that kind of stuff in almost every aspect of your life for the majority of it, um, Mm -hmm. it, it's going to have a toll on you. I think it's just like anything, you know, if you spend your, if you spend your entire day, every day, 365 days a year watching porn, you're going to be addicted to porn. No, absolutely. You know, and if you, come home and you have a handful of beers every night, eventually it's not going to be enough and you're going to start having more and you're going to be addicted mm-hmm. to alcohol. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't, it would not surprise me to find out that people that, you know, I, what are they in their 21st season now? Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if you, if you live that life and, and you're obviously you're generating an income from it. So it's an important part of your, uh, reality. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't surprise me to, to know that that's having an adverse effect on them. Oh, absolutely. Um, 
I know there for a short stint he was doing um, that show, uh, My Haunted Objects or something like that. And some of those objects that he has in his museum are not under what I would consider a a ring of protection, (laughs) per se. Um, But if they are, they're not showing it. Um, but they seem to be under just normal glass cases. But if, if it were my museum, I don't think I would have half of like, he has some, like he has one doll in particular that I would rate up there with like Annabelle. Was that Robert? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. know, I don't know if you're aware or not, but, uh, sometime back, a couple of seasons back, um, Shannon LeGros from into the fray, um, was doing an episode on Robert and apparently Robert (laughs) during the discussion, um, several of her listeners had contacted her and said to go back and listen to the playback. And when she did, she found that there was, uh, some extra audio in there that was not from was not from anything that she or the guest had been saying. So, oh wow, uh, she doesn't have much of a um, a happy outlook on on Robert as well. And quite honestly, I mean that is one creepy ass looking doll. Um, uh, yeah, but I mean, you know, and he bought what was it? He bought that. He bought a house. Yeah, the demon house in Gary, Indiana. Yeah, and when he it, had, after the investigation, he had it tore down. But where they had found in the basement, where they had dug up some, I think they found fingernails and and some other yeah. things. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, he had the stairway and dirt from underneath the uh, basically moved as a piece to be in the museum. Mm-hmm. Yep. I uh, just, I'm sorry. You bring that, you bring that much paranormally charged items into one location, you know, without dealing with them individually for, you know, sealing them off to where their, their negativity can't, have full effect, you know, it's got to do something. You would think it would certainly make sense. Yeah. It just... I, I would, I would not, uh, I would not make the choice to surround myself with that kind of stuff. Uh, no, <laughs> you know, no. It, there, there's been times, um, you know, I, I did an interview early in, in my first season um, with a, a reverend from the Church of Satan out of uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, I've done a couple of interviews in person. Um, that was one that I was happily doing over the phone. Um, you know, I can imagine. You know, it's, I just, it, with some of the people that you talk to, you know, they're just people who have experienced things. 
But then there's mm-hmm. other people that I've talked to that, you know, we were talking before we went on the show um, that actually partake in conjuring things and, mm-hmm. and, and trying to produce magic and, and stuff like that. And uh, I just, I, you know, I love having conversations. I love doing interviews and, and hearing people's stories. And if you want to talk about those kinds of things that you do, that's fine. Um, I have no room for that in my life. I have, yeah. uh, I have purged my life of negativity and uh, I'm, a, I'm a much happier person now than I was, uh, say 10 years ago. But, um, I just, I would not, you know, I, I did some ghost investigations when I was younger <clears throat> mm-hmm. and I had, or I, I take that back. I had some ghost experience when I was younger that was directly related, I believe to the passing of my father. Um, mm-hmm. and then a little later in life, maybe into my forties, uh, with the ghost adventures and, uh, ghost hunters, TV shows went and did, uh, some investigation a couple of times, but the, <laughs> the thing is, you know, like you said, your first night out, you went, you took that picture of the silhouette with the, um, with the hood on. And mm-hmm. the first time that I went out to a, um, a very close graveyard to where I lived at the time, um, within a couple of hours after I'd got home and put the pictures on the computer and found that I had had pretty significant evidence I was convinced of. Um, I didn't, I really, you know, this is another thing. I think people can get addicted to experiencing evidence. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, and I, I, what I saw out there and what I got pictures of and, and got on audio and video, that was enough for me. I, I walked mm-hmm. away from it. I was completely convinced that these things happen and they're real. And I still love talking about it, but I don't need to put myself in that position to experience it firsthand anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not a matter of being scared. It's a matter of, I've already proved it to myself. So now I want to talk to people who have had other experiences that are similar and, you know, and that's fine. But, you know, there's, uh, I, I did a, I did an interview early on. might've been my first episode with a demonologist, uh, trained by the Catholic church. And, mm-hmm. um, he had admitted that prior to getting involved with the church and becoming uh, a demonologist, he had become addicted to EVPs. Okay. And he, he basically had to go continue getting EVPs. He had to keep collecting them. And it was, uh, it was an area of contention between him and his wife. He was addicted to, that thrill of getting EVPs. And Mm -hmm. when he got involved with the church and started to train to be a demonologist, the church told him that's divination. You can't do that anymore. You're not supposed to do Mm that. Um, Yeah. And he was having, their, their marriage, I guess, uh, was, was suffering some negative effects from, from what he was doing. So, you know, and he did back away from it and he got out of it. And now he pretty much strictly does 
okay. work with the church, but yeah. And you know, I don't know if you've heard about it, but there was uh, something recently that I had heard about. Um, I guess playing the Lord's Prayer backwards and playing EVPs backwards was was would cause some sort of activity like it was something weird and like a quick snippet that I had seen someplace and some of the like words listening to that played the Lord's prayer played backwards is like, wow, I know that it's, that it's, that it, it isn't meaning that, but it's like, it really does say, you know, basically that I am Satan, but playing it forward, it says something totally different. I've not, uh, I've not heard about playing the Lord's prayer backwards, um, or playing EVPs backwards, but I grew up in the, uh, in the seventies and Mm -hmm. I had albums on vinyl and, you know, there was, Led Zeppelin and the Beatles and and a, oh, a yeah. multitude of other groups that did backward masking on their albums and admit to it. And, you know, I don't know if I, I don't know if I buy that. I mean, I, I, yeah, I understand I, I, your, your brain will take what it hears. And even though it might be backwards it'll, in its head, it'll in your head, it'll put it together in the right way. And it's a subliminal message. Um, you know, I, subliminal messages in in magazine ads you know back when there were magazines that's where oh yeah <laughs> uh, i know right you know where they'd have a uh, uh, ice cubes in a in a glass of alcohol that looked like you know if you looked at it close enough you'd see a naked woman in it and mm-hmm. you know stuff like that those i think are um i think those things catch your eye and you don't realize it but the oh, yeah. listening to something backwards, I've I've always had a hard time with it because even when I tried taking my Led Zeppelin album and you know rotating it backwards, um, mm-hmm. and you know depending on the speed that you're doing it, you know you can pretty much almost get anything out of <laughs> out of what it sounds like. Oh and, oh yeah, you know and that's another problem that I have with uh, some of these shows that you know they they put the EVPs on there and that's fine but they always put what they think it sounds like in captions yep. underneath it. And you've, you've taken me out of the context. Now you, you're not allowing me to make the decision of what I'm hearing. I'm, I'm looking at the screen and I'm listening, but then you said, Hey, my name's Bob, you know? And it's like, Oh yeah, I guess you do hear. Hey, my name's Bob. Um, mm-hmm. but had you not put that in my head, a, I lot, wouldn't of, have thought that. a lot of times, a lot of times, EVPs to me, you know, now there's some out there that are, you know, they call them class A and holy shit, man. You know, it literally sounds like somebody's talking. Um, yeah. But there's, there's been a lot of them that I'm just like, you know what? I don't get it. I'm, I'm not hearing what you're hearing. Um, you know, and maybe that's because I spent too many years listening to hard rock too loud. I don't know, driving around in my car yeah. when I was a kid, but <laughs> um yeah, I don't know how much I, I don't know how much I hold any faith in in that as a, um, I don't know. 
Because you know, if you're well, if you're going to say something that's summoning the devil, you know, just yeah, put it in there the right way, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean? yeah. Well, and like, I don't know about you if you've had like any like experience with like the SB seven spirit box or any of those like spirit boxes where they sweep through a range of frequencies. Yeah. I, okay. ha- I have not, I, I know what they are. I've, I've, I've seen plenty of it. Um, that is something, you know, to me, when I had the conversation with the demonologist, when he said that, you know, um, and I'm not a practicing Catholic, I was born and raised that way, but I've, I've fallen away from conventional, uh, religion. It's, it's more of a private thing between me and whatever God is. Um, yeah, yeah. but to, I don't know, man, those spirit boxes, uh, well, like for me, there's so, there's so many, like, I can make out so many words yeah. that come out of those things and they're sweeping through so fast and you get little snippets, but you can still get words yeah, without being manipulated by spirit activity. Exactly. And it just, it's so hard for me to buy into or believe in that sort of activity because it it's just too hard for me to understand. Yeah. Now, whether or not that's real or, you know, if in, any of your other viewers or listeners, you know, if they, if they buy into it and they swear by it, great. I don't, you know, I have no feelings either way. You know, that's just my thoughts. Well, you know, in theory, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the theory behind it makes complete sense, but you oh, know, I've, I've watched shows where you hear it and it's going, and then you've watched shows and it's going, you know, yep. so there's, there's a speed at which, you know, they've, they've got these things dialed into different speeds and, and they're sweeping across, you know, however many channels on how many different, uh, uh, bands, you know, if you got if you got it going slow, you're going to hear more of the words that are being said on each station than you're than if you're going super fast. And, oh yeah, and it always seems to me that the ones you hear more words on are when it's going at a, mm-hmm. at a slower pace. You know now these now these spirit boxes that um, they have. I don't know. They got wires all over the outside of them and then they have lights in them. And, um, Oh yeah. You know, there's, there's <laughs> no real, um, there's no real, uh, white noise from, from any of the stations. It's just literally you plug it in, you turn it on and it's a direct conduit to spirit world, you know, and, mm-hmm. you, and you get these, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'd buy it, you know, I mean, it, it'd be, it'd be so cool if it's true. But it just seems yeah. like it's super easy to somehow manipulate, manipulate. that. Yeah. And, you know, it, it almost seems like a parlor trick to me. Yeah. Uh, I I would agree with you. Um, I, I think if it was more of a constant white noise, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. Then, yeah, I could definitely buy into, all right, you got that word because 
before it and after it was just that white noise background where you're not getting any other words around it. You've just got that one quick word, which I find interesting. But as far as, you know, the other ones that, you know, they sweep through and you still kind of get like little blips of like words here and there. It's, it's harder to understand those. It definitely is. And, you know, um, I don't know because I, (laughs) the reason I say that is I, there's, and I think it was the ghost adventure, um, episode where they spoke with the gentleman that created the millimeter. Yes. Um, you know, as much as I want to say that a lot of that is kind of parlor tricks or easily manipulated, um, the story behind the creation of the millimeter and that guy losing his daughter and the fact that they filmed in the house and the mom and the dad and, you know, everybody was there. Um, that's always been kind of a gut wrenching, um, as a, as a parent, um, oh, yeah, to watch, to watch that episode is, is, is really sad. And I, I really want to believe that I really want to believe it. Um, because I, I don't want to think that anybody would try to capitalize on the, the loss of their, their child. Yeah. I, is, oh yeah. Is the potential there? Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, it, for that instance, I like to choose to believe that, that, that is a, that is an effective way of communicating at least with his, with his daughter. Um, other than the, that, yeah. other than that, I think I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there, there are some techniques and tricks and stuff that, you know, these shows use that I'm like, eh, I really don't I mean. It's so easily, like you had said, it's so easily manipulated. Yeah. And we all know that Hollywood and everything is all about viewers. Viewers, They've ratings, to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. They've got to hold people's interests. If they can't hold your interest then they're failing and they know it. Yep. So they'll do anything they can. They lose ad revenues and then next thing you know, they get canceled. So exactly. Exactly. Well, Mike, listen, it's been a great conversation. I appreciate you taking the time to do this with me. And, oh yeah. Uh, I I've enjoyed it. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you stopped by the booth. Uh, again, that was a, that was a wild weekend, man. That was a lot of people coming through there. And, um, I'm, I'm happy to say that we were able to, we were given the opportunity to, um, purchase a spot there for next year as well. So I, oh, believe, cool. I believe that'll be the weekend of May 5th next year. Um, okay. but yeah, just met a lot of great people. You were one of them and, uh, man, can't say enough about it. The staff there. At Salt Fork uh, State Park Lodge, yep. amazing, absolutely amazing. Didn't run into a sour, sour face. Everybody was super helpful. It was fantastic. So, oh yeah, I um, 
I actually, uh, <laughs> one of my biggest reasons for going up there, um, was I have, a, a basically a wood knocker that I had purchased from a vendor there like three years ago. Oh yeah. And I had gotten, um, Oh, you were, the, you were the one with the, uh, the wood knocker you were getting assigned by people. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah, I, I, yeah. Again, I apologize. Like I said, there no, were a ton of people that came through there, but I'm glad you said that. Cause now I remember, now I remember the face as well. So, yeah. So I was there and like, I had gotten that several years ago, had it signed by Bobo. And I was like, you know, I really, the rest of the cast is here. I really want to get this signed by the rest. Right. And I sat out and I was able to accomplish that mission. Nice. And out of everyone that out of all the cast, the most down to earth and the one who had the most like belief that was different than what they portrayed on the show was Renee. Wasn't she awesome? She was great. I'm telling Uh, you, I could not stand her. I could not stand her, um, her personality on the show, not her personality, but her persona on the show. Yeah. She, she annoyed me. Yes. And made me mad. And when I went there, and and I got a chance to talk to her um, a couple of times. In fact, l- later on in the day when a lot of the crowd had thinned out, she came up and actually spent a good deal of time at our booth, um, signed one of my Bigfoot casts on the back of it and everything, and she was super, super nice and just just a really pleasant person. <laughs> I, was, I, didn't, I didn't have the heart to tell her that, you know, I was not a big fan up until that point um, because of what how they portrayed her in the show. Oh yeah, she. Uh, matter of fact, when we got our my woodknocker signed, uh, I we asked for a photo, and she looks at my wife without even missing a beat and says, "Do you want me to take the selfie? I have really long arms," <laughs> and she like stretches her arm way out and, uh, okay, here you go. Yeah, she was she was absolute pleasure. She really oh, she was. was. And, uh, it, it was amazing. Even it in, was an amazing time. Even into the evening at the bonfires out back there, she she came in, was mingling with all of us uh, out at the bonfires, and she's yeah, a super nice lady. I can't say oh, enough about oh, yeah. her. I, um, oh yeah, I completely turned the corner on uh, on that woman. So, uh, oh yeah, and you know, not to take anything away from the rest of the crew, you know, uh, Bobo just, at, I mean, really. You can tell he's a California hippie kid. Yeah. Very, very cool guy. Um, Matt and Cliff can't say enough good things about them. Very cool guys. Very fun to meet. Uh, I would highly recommend going to the conference if anybody hasn't or is on the fence. Oh, yeah. If you're if you're interested in the subject, it's a great place to go. So. Oh, yeah. Well, plenty listen, of people Mike. to go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say there's plenty of people there to meet and talk to and really have a chance to delve into the deeper questions. Absolutely. And a lot of great vendors, man. Some of the stuff. Oh, absolutely. There was just, 
I did not take nearly enough money. In fact, I'm probably glad I didn't take money because I would have blown it all. But um, yeah, yeah, it was bad. <laughs> all right, Mike. Well, we're on an hour here, so uh, I want to thank you again for for stopping by the booth, giving me your info. Oh, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. It was great to hear your story. Yeah, thank you so much. It was it was amazing. All right, sir. All right, thank you. Thank you. I want to hear your story. I want to hear your experience. So email me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. If you enjoy the show, then leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. Share the show with your friends. Share the show on social media. Make sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. All at Uncomfortable Podcast. And until next week, my friends, stay uncomfortable. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.